Chapter thirty three of Fifty Years a Detective Thirty five Real Detective Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Fifty Years a Detective Thirty five Real Detective Stories by Thomas Furlong. Chapter thirty three A Crooked Doctor's Crime arrest of the culprit and his cunning attempt to put his captor out of the way in an effort to make his escape in eighteen seventy three mrs boardman a widow woman with a large family of grown children resided on a small farm in venango county pennsylvania a few miles east of oil city she became acquainted with a hebrew doctor who called himself dr solomon steinman he practiced medicine for a short time in and about rouseville pennsylvania there were a number of producing oil wells on mrs boardman's farm and she from the royalty obtained from the products of these wells had accumulated quite a sum of money the doctor representing himself as a bachelor managed to grow into the good graces of the widow notwithstanding the fact that she was the mother of two sons who were almost as old as himself in a remarkably short space of time the doctor succeeded in obtaining ten thousand dollars of the widow's money having represented to her that he would invest it for her in property that would yield fabulous profits but instead of making the investment he quite suddenly left for parts unknown the widow's sons on hearing that their mother had been swindled reported the matter to me i being chief of police of oil city they requested me to locate and cause the arrest of the doctor on the charge of obtaining money under false pretense i undertook the task of learning his whereabouts and it seemed impossible to get any trace of him he had disappeared from his boarding-house telling no person of his intention of leaving and no trace could be found that would indicate where he had gone he was at his boarding-house for supper on the evening of his departure and quietly left after eating his evening meal as though he was going to a cigar store or a barber shop leaving what wardrobe he had grip and other articles in his room and disappeared as effectually as though the ground had opened up and engulfed him the evening trains had all left the town before he had left his boarding-house so that he was obliged to have left the town on foot no one around rouseville had ever seen a picture of him he was a small man dark complexioned about forty-five years of age five feet six inches in height and weighed about a hundred and thirty pounds was smooth-shaven had black curly hair sprinkled with gray and had a decided hebrew countenance about five months after his disappearance in looking over one of the morning papers i noticed a short article giving an account of a dr lewis who had been arrested on the charge of malpractice at bay city michigan the day before this article gave a minute description of the man arrested and from this description which answered the one that i had of dr steinman i concluded that i had found the person i was looking for i took the first train to bay city and found dr lewis in his office he having been released on a two thousand five hundred dollar cash bond which he had placed in the hands of the committing magistrate 
i also learned that the man giving the name of dr lewis was none other than dr steinman he had already been indicted in venango county pennsylvania for obtaining money under false pretense and the prosecuting officer of bay city being willing to surrender him to me i had no trouble in obtaining the necessary requisition papers after getting the papers i left bay city with my prisoner i searched him carefully and took charge of all his personal effects we took the train for detroit michigan arriving there in the afternoon i locked him up in the police station until ten o'clock that evening when i took him to the dock and boarded a steamer for cleveland ohio it was the old steamer northwestern and our stateroom was on the upper deck pretty well forward we left detroit about ten thirty o'clock that night and were due to arrive at cleveland in the morning between four and five o'clock we retired about midnight i assigned the upper berth to the prisoner while i occupied the lower as i said before i had searched him thoroughly before leaving bay city about two o'clock in the morning after leaving detroit i dozed off to sleep when i suddenly awakened and smelled the strong odor of chloroform the stateroom was dark but i reached up towards the upper berth and my hand came in contact with the doctor's he was holding a cone that he had made from a towel and had reached down from his berth and was holding this cone over a four-ounce bottle of chloroform and was trying to put me to sleep for good but the first breath that i had inhaled after he had placed the chloroform over my face aroused me i grabbed his arm pulled him out of his berth onto the deck in front of the room and would have thrown him into lake erie were it not for the fact that he yelled at the top of his voice and aroused the lookout on duty at the forward end of the vessel and also the wheelman both of whom reached us in time to prevent me from drowning the doctor if i had carried out my intention of throwing him overboard nothing could have saved him from drowning i then made him dress himself and took him down to the forecastle, where the captain placed two of the crew to guard him until we arrived in cleveland i have never learned how or where the doctor secured the bottle of chloroform as i had searched him thoroughly and i'm positive he did not have it on him when we left bay city and have come to the conclusion that he must have secured it while he was in the lock-up at detroit of course i did not search him there during the civil war on december twentieth eighteen sixty one i received a gunshot wound above the right knee at the battle of drainsville virginia and before the doctor began to dress the wound he administered chloroform to me the after-effects of the stuff were very disagreeable and i did not get over it for a long time and resolved that i would never again take chloroform under any circumstances i really suffered more from the nasty stuff than i did from the wound this i presume accounts for the shock the odor of the chloroform produced on me i arrived with the prisoner at oil city in due time he was tried at the first term of court thereafter and convicted and sentenced to the penitentiary for a term of ten years i succeeded in locating and recovering nearly five thousand dollars of the money the doctor had fraudulently secured from the widow this was returned to her by due process of law 
End of chapter 33. Recording by John Brandon.